Hi everyone, this is Klaatu, this is uh, Hacker Public Radio, and I'm going to be talking about QEMU today, which no one really knows how to say. It seems to be something like QEMU or QEMU or KEMU, but anyway, it's a great little program for uh, emulation. So if you've got simple needs and you want to emulate an OS, you might want to look at QEMU. And uh, the reason I looked at it in the first place, well, the first reason I looked at it in the first place was uh, because it was free and it was uh, available for the Macintosh and I needed it um, for the Mac because I was uh, stuck at work on a Mac needing something uh, to look at aside from Mac OS. And uh, so that's why I started using it. Uh, and there's a Windows version for it and then there's the Linux version for it. So either way, you you know, what, wherever you need it, you can have it. So that's a nice feature of it. Uh, and it's, it's entirely free. It's a free, very free software. It's... Um, there's not a whole lot to be suspicious of, you know, in terms of affiliation with this or that company. You know, it's just, it's free software for emulation. I don't do anything fancy with it myself. So, in terms of virtualizing some kind of big server kind of OS so that you can serve lots of little thin clients, I know nothing about that. That's nothing that I've ever done. Um, this is more, at least the reason that I use this is Typically, I get a magazine, a Linux magazine, and, you know, they have this or that distro on the DVD that month. To try out that distro, I'll fire up QEMU, um, run the command, and try out the distro. Or, um, maybe I'm doing, like, a tutorial or something, or a screencast. They're very handy for that as well, because then you get a clean, isolated, untouched system that you can take screenshots of, or record, and, and you're not recording your own system. So that's what this little application is good for. Their website is at, I think, kimu.org, and uh, you should be able to find it pretty much in any repository that you have going for you. It's uh, certainly in the Fedora repositories, and there's a Slack build of it, um, certainly in the Debian repository, so it should be everywhere you, you look, really. It's a very popular little application. There's a GUI front end for it if, if you need it, although I think you'll find that you don't need it. Uh, the GUI front end for me, I've never been able to get it to work, but it does exist. Um, I haven't really taken the time to troubleshoot it, but it's just I've, I'll set up the machine and try to launch it and, and it just doesn't launch for some reason. It's just kind of doesn't work. So I think you'll find that the command line stuff is, is sufficient anyway. The GUI is a little bit, um, I don't know, excessive somehow. So um, you can find the, the GUI though if you, if you want to try it out. Uh, at Kimu Launcher, K-E-M-U-Launcher. That is, uh, that's what it's called in, in the Fedora repository. I haven't looked at, I haven't looked for it, um, on any other system, but I think it would be called something like that, Kimu Launcher. But, like I say, I'm, I'm not sure if it's something that you're really gonna need. Okay, so after you get it installed, you really ought to just look at the, you know, read the man page. Man, Q-E-M-U. It's, um, it's a pretty simple man page, and it just gives you a really good idea of all the different options that you have available to you. Granted, the first time you run it, you might not want to try every single option that looks appealing to you, but at least you'll be familiar with, with more or less what's available out there. Uh, the way I like to come to a new program like this is sort of a, uh, you know, you start the, the application kind of with a couple of options, just so you know, sort of, that it's working for you, and then go back and start tweaking it. That's the way I typically do it, so. But the man page is informative, and it's not overwhelming by any means. Well, one of the 
very first things you have to do is you need to create a little fake hard drive on your real hard drive so that QEMU uh, can use that as its emulated hard drive. So you can run a live CD within QEMU, but if you want to install it as a distro on a virtual machine, then you've got to have that little container file that QEMU can can look at, think it's a real hard drive, take over, format, and install the distro onto it. Now this little this little virtual machine doesn't have to be very large. I, I, I don't think I ever really make them any larger than four gigabytes. So the command for that is is the the, the basic command is qemu dash img uh, qemu image. That's the little program that that creates uh, an image for qemu. Uh, and then you do so it's qemu dash img space create space dash f as in format qcow2. That is letter q. C-O-W, and then number 2, space, fedora.qcow2, space, 4G. Uh, Fedora there being the distro, you know, that I'm pretending like I'm going to emulate right now. Uh, it could be anything. You could call it qmu.qcow2. You could call it slackware.qcow2. You know, whatever you're going to emulate. And then the space 4G at the end is the 4 gigabyte definition. Now that dash F format QCOW2. Well, QCOW2 is the default format for QMU. That's what they use. I, it's probably their own little format. I don't know. But that is what you would use for QMU if you want to. Now there are other options if you know that you're going to create it here in QMU and then take it out and run it on VirtualBox or something like that. I've never exported a virtual machine or transferred it or anything like that, so I know nothing about that. But you can certainly look into it if you know that's something that you need. Like if you have a site license for some other emulator somewhere, but at home you only have QMU, I guess there's there might be the ability to, to do the work on QMU and then take it over to your your work and you know in the big professional emulator and, and you import all your work like i said i've never done it so uh you'll have to look into that yourself so let's just do something really simple first and like i say typically i do use QMU just with the actual cd-rom drive of my of my computer because the, the distro that i'm test driving is just a distro that came with whatever dvd uh, came with Linux Format or Linux Pro or Linux Identity or, or whatever magazine I happened to have picked up that day. The simple command for this would be QEMU, Q-E-M-U, space dash capital M, as in machine, space PC, space dash CPU, space QEMU32, space dash CD-ROM, space slash dev slash CD-ROM, space dash boot, space D, space dash drive, space file equals tilde slash qmu.qcow2. Okay, so command by command, option by option here. qmu, that's the application. Dash capital M is the machine that we're trying to emulate. You can do like a dash capital M and then space question mark. And it will run qmu up to the capital M and then it will see the question mark and it will just list all the different kinds of machines that you have to choose from. If you do a CPU space dash CPU question mark, it'll give you a list, and one of the choices, probably the one that you'll want to choose, is QEMU32. Now I'm running this on a 32-bit system, 
I've never run it on a I have not yet run it on a 64-bit system. I will very soon. Um, there might be other options when you're running 64-bit. I'm not sure, but the best CPU you've got to choose from right now is Kimu 32. And then you do dash, space dash CD-ROM. This is just defining the location of your CD-ROM. It can yes, it can be an ISO file. So if you've downloaded an ISO image of a distro that you want to try, and you obviously don't want to burn it to disk in order to just try it out, you can run this just straight from an ISO, which we'll do in a moment. But right now we're doing it off of an actual CD, so that's slash dev slash CD-ROM. And then you say space dash boot. The D option, which we're using here, tells Kimu to boot uh, from the CD-ROM rather than, for instance, C, which would be the hard drive, or uh, whatever, you know, like in for network, I think, things like that. And then you do the space dash drive. This is telling it where the hard drive is. And if you'll recall, the hard drive that we've created for Kimu to use is that weird QCOW2 image. So we're just defining where we stored that Kimu.QCOW2 image or Fedora.QCOW2 image, whatever you've called it. Generally, I have just a Kimu.QCOW2 image in my home folder because I'm I'm rarely keeping these virtual machines on one distro. You know, it's it's like every couple of times every month, it's it's getting a new distribution on it. So this is kind of my all-purpose QCOW2 image. I just call it Kimu.QCOW2 image. But if you know that you're emulating a Fedora install or something and you want to call your QCOW2 image Fedora.QCOW2, that would make sense as well. You get the idea. It's, it's up to you what you call the image. Just just know where you're storing it, and you're good to go. Now, after you after you type in that command, which I guess I could repeat really quick, kimu-mpc-cpu, kimu32-cd-rom, slash dev, slash cd-rom, dash boot, d, dash drive, file equals, tilde, slash kimu, dot, QCOW2. After you issue that command, a window will appear on your desktop, and you will have um, an emulated host. And first you're going to see its little emulated BIOS, uh, and then it will start booting from the CD-ROM. Once its emulated BIOS recognizes its, emula recognizes its emulated hardware. And like I say, you can run this thing as a live CD, or you could, if you want to play around a little bit more, you can install it right onto your little hard drive and uh, the emulated machine will think that it is an actual hard drive. You will know that it's not your real hard drive because it's only going to be 4 gigs, or however large you made the, the drive. But just remember that, you know, in an emulated environment, I mean, as far as that emulated machine goes, all these little files and stuff that you're throwing at it, that's all it knows about. It's It, it never will touch... It doesn't have access to your actual hard drive, so there's really no danger of accidentally formatting your machine, you know? It's, it doesn't work like that. Okay, so let's move on to something that would also be quite, quite common. Maybe you didn't get a DVD with a magazine. You just bit-torrented the latest ISO of some hot new Linux release. That is very similar. You should already have a QCOW2 image established. Uh, if you don't, you can run the QMU-IMG command again. But um, you might want to run QMU now with the ISO as your... Uh, CD-ROM drive. So remember that in Unix and Linux and Unix-like systems, everything is a file. And that everything includes CD-ROM drives. So it's just as easy for Kimu to look at slash dev slash CD-ROM as it is for it to look at, you know, fedora11.iso. Okay, so here's what we would do. 
if we're pointing it at this new ISO. Kimu space dash capital MPC space dash CPU space Kimu 32 space dash lowercase m 512 space dash USB space dash no dash ACPI space dash CD-ROM space tilde slash F11 dash preview dash I686 dash live slash F11 dash preview dash I686 dash live dot ISO space dash boot uh, space D space drive space file equals tilde slash kimu dot qcow2. Alright, so your eyes and ears are glazing over at this point. Let's just go through it command by command or flag by flag. Uh, that would be kimu, again the application we're invoking space dash capital M PC, okay, we're still emulating a PC here, space dash CPU Kimu 32, okay, we're not emulating in, uh, you know, a 486 machine, we're emulating like a normal modern processor, Kimu 32 being the name of it, space dash lowercase m, this I just th threw in because now we're getting more elaborate, it has nothing to do with the fact that we're doing an ISO, you can use this with the CD, an actual CD-ROM as well. I just wanted to throw in some more more controls so that you get an idea of what you can do with QMU. So the dash M, lowercase M, is uh, defining the amount of memory that you want to dedicate to this emulated PC. So I, I said go ahead and have 512, because on this computer I only have a gig of memory, so I just figure I'll throw 512 at the emulated machine keep 512 for myself and hope for the best. Th that's a little bit low, to be honest. You, you probably don't want to... You're not going to be working on an everyday basis uh, on that kind of RAM, I don't think. So so you might want to beef up your specs before you try this. I mean, it'll work. It works for me fine, but I don't really do anything in the emulated machine. I just I, I look at it, play around a little bit. But if you're going to be using it in real life, you'll, you're going to obviously want a better a little bit more RAM for it. And then I said dash USB, which is enabling the USB functionality in your emulated PC. Now this is cool. It gets a little bit confusing at times because you'll plug in a USB drive and your emulated machine might try to grab it before your real computer does. Things like that are something to be aware of. I don't actually use it that much. Once again, it's just a question of whether you're actually going to use the emulated PC for any real work or not, and I don't, so... But I did at one point, like, when I was at work, emulating Linux distros just to escape, you know, the actual Mac OS that I had to work in. I used it quite frequently then, because I would, uh, I would, I would work in QMU, and then I would want to save my work and bring it back home, uh, to use on Linux at home, so, the, it's a cool new, it's a, it's a fairly new feature, I, I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the USB functionality is more, a little bit recent than when I first started u using QMU. So there's that option, and there's a lot of other options that you can, can do. There's video card, sound card, uh, networking, so, you can play around with that. Like I say, that's, this is why you'd want to read the, the, the man page on, on QMU. The next option that I did in this big long string that I gave you was a dash no dash ACPI. And that is something that I've found works better for, you know, certain distros. It's just whatever drivers, I guess, are installed or, or, or however it auto discovers, I don't know. But sometimes it, it works you get better results if you do the dash no dash ACPI. Uh, space dash CD-ROM is obviously defining the drive, and this is where we gave it the ISO file. And this is 
typically, I mean, on my machine it would be tilde slash download slash, and then the folder, which, you know, is usually pretty long, like f11-preview-i686-live, and then the ISO file inside of that folder. So that would be slash f11-preview-i686-live.iso. So that's why that was such a long string, and I think I even cut out a folder just to be just for brevity, but you know where you download your ISOs to on your drive, so obviously that's what you're going to be putting in as your CD-ROM. It's That's pretty simple. Uh, again, you need to boot from the CD-ROM drive, so it's the dash boot space D, and then the drive, the hard drive that you want the emulated machine to be aware of is dash drive, and then you, you define it as a file, so it's space file equals tilde slash kimu.qcow2 or whatever you called it. So that's pretty simple if you, again, I mean, if you if you kind of think about each each option that you're including, uh, think about what you want to get done, it all it all makes a fair amount of sense. I, I, I like it. Um, I like the command line quite a bit. I think it's, it's a very logically um, done kind of way of starting all this stuff. So I don't think you're going to need the GUI so much. Now, if at any point you've installed your, um, your distribution onto your little fake hard drive, your QCOW2 image, then you're going to want to start booting, obviously not from your CD-ROM drive, but your hard drive. And in that case, you can still define your CD-ROM drive. You can still say dash CD-ROM space dash dev slash CD-ROM, just so that your emulated machine has a CD-ROM drive. Um, it might be nice. Maybe you want to pop in a music CD and import it or something onto your emulated machine. So, I mean, that's a good option to have, but... Uh, the boot option, the dash boot space D for, for I don't know what it stands for, drive, I guess, uh, should not be from, from the DVD drive or the CD drive. It should be from your hard drive. And to boot from the hard drive, that's dash boot space C. And your different options there are uh, C for hard drive, A for floppy, uh, A, C, D, D for the CD drive, and then N, I think, for network. So you've got uh, quite a few options there. And you can use, um, you can... It's not boot, I think it's, uh, I think it's drive. Yeah, it's the, the space dash drive option where you're actually defining the hard drive for the, uh, you know, of the machine. So that would be like, you know, kimu.qcow2 or fedora11.qcow2 or debian.qcow2, whatever you called your little qcow2 image. You can, that's the one that you can, um, well that is obviously where you're going to be defining now that you've said boot from a hard drive, that's the hard drive you want to boot from. That's important. But there are also, you know, there are snapshots and things like that that you can take of your virtual machine. And so when you invoke your, you know, the next time you want to run it, you can you can start it up from a certain snapshot file. Um, and that kind of stuff is in the man pages. Uh, it's 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 simple. It's just a matter of defining what file you want to use for a certain function. And um, and it, and it works. So, and like I say, there's lots of options in the man page as well for your network settings, your video card, your sound card, all that other good stuff. So just kind of take a look at the man page, get familiar with, with at least what options are out there, and then you can start playing around with them as as you start being a little bit more adventurous with, with your emulated machine. And it's getting familiar with the process of emulation is important. If you If you haven't emulated a machine you probably should start because it's just something that you that is obviously kind of something that people expect to become a very very big deal um 
in fact, they kind of seem to expect it to become the norm uh, rather than an exception. So it's um, something that you might want to look into, kind of start getting familiar with now. Uh, the sooner you do, the better, because at some point you're going to be dealing with emulated machines, you know, whether you're going to be the network administrator creating them or a user using them. It is something that you're going to want to know uh, sort of the back end of and, and kind of how it works and the, the ideas behind it. So um, jump on that. It's called QEMU. It is unpronounceable and it's a really cool application. So give it a go. Oh, and thanks for listening. Really, thanks. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net. So head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.